everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Um, and Dr. Daniels, we're back and hopefully we'll be able to be more consistent with our recordings. But uh, we got a good topic today and we was just sitting here um, chatting because we hadn't seen each other in a while and getting caught up on everything. And one of the topics was, does the church do church, so to speak, like Jesus intended church to be mm-hmm. and how he did it. Yeah. And then we got into a nice little d- discussion about that. And I said, you know what, you know, pastor, we need to get this on, on tape. So, mm-hmm. so is church really done the way church was intended to be as the way Jesus thought it should be? You know, no, not, not really. You know, the, the way we operate now, uh, the formalities that we do it, and I won't say that formalities are necessarily wrong, but I would say if we, if we study the Bible, uh, Jesus did not um, follow the, the standard format, you know. Now, you know, in, in the Old Testament, you know, there was a format, you know, as you know, because you, you, you're a student of the Old Testament, there was a format that they followed. It was more ritualistic, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but when Jesus came, he took away, you know, for him, the rituals were not as important. What was more important was how people learn to live their lives. So, so Jesus took all that and he put it in a real down to earth way. You know, he met people where they were, right? You know, rather than trying to get people to come, you know, where he where he is. I think that that's that's a big problem with churches today. It, not all of them, but you know, a lot of churches they want people to come to them, and they don't want to go to the want the church to go to the people. And I had an interesting conversation just this past Sunday, actually. When I was, um, you know, before the service, a young one of our, our members um, came to me and he said, Pastor, you know, I, I love I love your teaching. I love the way, you, you know, you deliver your message. He said, but I think that you're missing a great opportunity. And so I'm like, you know, well, help help me out. You know, right. what's the opportunity? He said, why don't you have the service outside? <laughs> you know, he said, why don't you why don't we set up outside somewhere? Why don't we go into the neighborhood? Why don't we go to a park and have the service there? But have it in a format where it is more of a more interactive format, you know, mm-hmm. where the people who are in the congregation can talk back to you and ask you questions. You can answer the questions and you can expound more on topics that are relevant to them. Yes, it's, it's a great idea. I mean, right. I really think it's a great idea. Uh, but I mean, to be honest with you, here's what I'm faced with. And I'm not the only pastor that's in this situation. You're faced with the practicality of uh, how do you compete? Right. You know, how do you compete? How, how do you compete with, with a congregation that is used to that standard kind of church? Mm-hmm. And so if now you walk away from that, how many will walk away from you? Right. You know, and we're human beings. You know, you, you kind of want to, you know, you realize that you need the people for the church to keep growing. Right. And keep serving. And, and then you have a, a group of churches that have the luxury of having developed great marketing schemes. And right. so now... While they are teaching the word, no doubt they, they are, but they, the element of entertainment that they bring to the service is such that, you know, now you feel like you have to compete with that, too, in order to get people in. And so we spend just as much time bringing the world into the church as we do putting the church into the world. Yeah. And it is interesting because I know, like, for myself and a lot of other people, that Sunday morning, they turn on the TV, they're getting literally the word. 
Mm-hmm. Because all the stuff that you see, all the stuff that's happening before that, the singing and, you know, the introduction for everybody, you're not seeing that on TV. You're no. seeing it pops on, Creflo Dollar's up there talking, mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, then it's it. Then when he's done, he's TV done. go black. Right. Go on to a commercial. Mm-hmm. So you get what you went there to really get. So I understand that. The one thing that's interesting is we know there's a market for that. Mm-hmm. Because it's on TV and, right. the, and the church won't be paying for it to be on TV mm-hmm. and, the, and the viewership is there. So why aren't they doing that for the people that's sitting in the audience? That's a good question. And and and, and in a sense, they do. But, but here's the thing. It's kind of like the difference between going to the movies and watching a movie on TV. Mm-hmm. Right. If you watch a movie on TV, you don't expect the same atmosphere right. that you expect at the movie theater. That's correct. You know, or like if you watch a professional game on TV. Right. When you watch it, the reason you go to the game, even though the game, it costs you to go there. It costs right. you for right. the ticket. You can watch it on TV for free. Right. But when you get to the game, there's an ambiance. There's the crowd noise. There's, there's the grandeur of the thing. And, and so when people... You used to be when people came to church, and and I please don't want anyone to think that I'm saying this is for every church, but I'm just saying in general, this is how we've shifted a little bit. It used to be when I was a child, we came to church to meet God. I mean, that's how you felt. I'm coming on Sunday to meet God. It's, it's going to be an opportunity for me to, to lay down my burdens, so to speak, you mm-hmm. know, down by the riverside, you right. know, and I'm going to meet God and I'm going to experience God. Well, just like now we go to the football game because we want that, you know, that right. rah, rah, rah. That's why people come to church a lot. You know, many people, that's what they're right. expecting when they come to church. They're coming because they want that same kind of atmosphere. You know, they want, right. they want the, 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 um, the, the, the choirs, to just be over the top singing. They want the worship leader. Churches didn't used to have worship leaders, right. but now they want the worship leader. See, the, the idea of having a worship leader implies that I don't, I, I, I need help to get in the mood to worship. Right. You know, kind of like a cheerleading squad. Right. <laughs> you know, you need help to get the get the you know the crowd ready for you. Well, but see, used to be, I didn't look for somebody to help me get in the mood of worship. Right. You know, I came ready to worship because I'm reflecting on everything God has done for me and continues to do for me. And so I, I think that's what, you know, that, I think that's the, the, the big difference. I mean, should we be able to come and just give them the word? Like you go to a classroom, you know, you go to the class, you get it, you leave. You, 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 we should be able to do that. But I would venture to say that most people wouldn't come to church if that's the way church was, right. per se. Now, we, on Wednesday night, Bible studies are similar to that, mm-hmm. but you don't get the same numbers right. like you get on a Sunday. Right. Because people, when they get up in the morning and take a shower or a bath or whatever and put their clothes on, they want to come and they want to feel you know, a part of, and so they want, they, they want it to be an experience. And, right. and, and I get that. They want it to be an experience. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, we have transitioned to where churches are competing to give you an experience. experience. You know, you said something um, that really kind of caught my ear a little bit, which was 
coming to church to lay your burden down. Mm-hmm. And it made me think about, you know, some people lay, go to church, lay their burden down for God, but then turn around and pick it up <laughs> on the way back out the door. Yeah. So they could come back the next week to lay it back down again. And, and then you kept talking. It's like, you know what? Maybe the what they're searching, why the people church hop so much, mm-hmm. is the fact that when you really, truly lay your burden down, mm-hmm. that feeling, mm-hmm. that release is what they're chasing. But if you go to a church looking to be entertained mm-hmm. and you spend the whole time, oh, I don't like this song, well, you know, this and that, mm-hmm. I don't like the way this preaches. Well, you came there for the wrong reason. So that might be part of the problem. I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And see... Because think about it, when when yeah. when people came to Jesus, mm-hmm. some of them probably was coming out of just being nosy, right? Let me just see what ninety eight percent was coming out of nosy, <laughs> being, being nosy. nosy. And then, but the other people was like, "What? Well, look, he can solve my problem. Let me lay my problem at his at his right. feet, and then he will fix it." Which is still coming to be nosy, right? right? Because their religion was not that, right? Right? Because right. right? they were Hebrew. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so, but you're right; they were. I mean, everything you say is is, is on target. Here's here's a distinction. When I was a kid, um, the world we lived in was different. That's the other thing. We had a different world. Right. Right? So church was the safe place. Not only was it the place you laid your burden down, it was the safe place. It was a place that you could kind of let go. You know, Mm -hmm. you've been beaten down all week. You want to cry, but you can't cry because you got to be strong. Right. Now I can come to church. And I can let it go. You know, I, I can cry. I can, I can boo-hoo. I can let all that frustration out at the end of the week. And now I'm built back up a little bit. You know, my strength is back. Right, right. I can go out and I can fight another day, so to speak. Well, we don't necessarily have that now. Not like, not like to yeah. the extent that we used to have it in. And, and so um, that's something that's, 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 that's a distinction. So, but you, I agree with you. We ought to be able to get back there, you know, where your experience is not one of entertainment. Your experience is one where you can come and understand that there is help for the wounded spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, there is help um, for whatever you're going through, and that help is Jesus. And this is how you can secure that what you need. So it's not just a Sunday thing, but it's you know. Right. For the whole week. Here's what a wise man said to me. Well, of course, you know, the devil is going to still be out there, right, doing his thing. So right. even if I lay my burden down on Sunday, the devil going to give me another burden on Wednesday. Right. You know, on Thursday. He said that the church should be similar to a, uh, what we used to call a filling station, right? I mean, they don't right. call them filling stations anymore, <laughs> right. but right. you know, where you go and purchase gasoline at. He said that you ought to, he said, because you're constantly being bombarded by issues and problems and negative things wherever you go. On the job, right. you know, generally speaking, like we talked a little earlier, there's always some mess right. going on. In your neighborhood, depending on where you live, there's maybe some mess going on. In your family, you know, with brothers and sisters or relatives, you mm-hmm. know, it's all, I know in my family, it's always some <laughs> right. mess going right. on. Your children, you know, whatever the case may be. So the burden I lay down on Sunday 
another burden might come before I even get home from church. Yeah. Or on Monday or on Tuesday, whatever. He says, so the church should be like a filling station, a place where you can go and get you and get your oil changed. Mm-hmm. A place where you can go and fill back up. Right. A place where you can go and get a tune-up. Right. And then he said, and and then just like your car, you don't fill up on on Monday and expect to drive forever. Right. You know, you might have to go back and get something done and, and, and fill back up and get the oil changed. And he said, that's how church ought to design itself. So that, because I have different problems, I have different burdens. Mm-hmm. So I may come one Sunday and all I need is just a fill up. I may come the next Sunday and I need to get, you know, uh, my spark plugs checked because I ain't right. firing hot enough. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. I may come, come the next Sunday and need to get my tires checked, you know, whatever. And that's how he said he, because if you think about how Christ was, that's how he did church. You know, when, as you, you know, like I say, you know, because you're a great student of the Bible, when you're reading through the Gospels, Jesus' messages address different issues based on who he was talking to and when he was talking, and he healed different people along the way. So it was not a, you know, a one-stop and you're done. Right. It was a one-stop and you need to come back because... There's no way I can solve all your problems in one Sunday. But there's also that aspect, as he told when he healed some, he healed some lepers. There's also the aspect of now, once I have gotten that blessing, is there a need for me to come back so mm-hmm. I can show gratitude? And that's what he taught us, right? So if I, if I do come and lay them burdens down, and let's say I pick up no more burdens, right? For many people that stops them coming back mm-hmm. because I laid my burden down. I got right. no burdens now. Right. No need to come back now. I can stay home and watch the game. Right. Jesus said we should circle, we should circle back around and give thanks for what's been done. And that that's missing too now, I believe, where in, in when I was a kid, that part wasn't missing. Right. Is that that was one of the primary reasons people came to church. You know, another thing, too, you mentioned the times changing now, like with social media and just media in general. Information is coming at us like trying to drink water from a, a, a speak it, yeah. you know, from a, a water hose. It's right. so much. And right. then it's uh, over 60, 70 percent of it is negative. Mm-hmm. So even though you leave a church, if you leave church at one fifteen. You get in your car mm-hmm. and you get on Facebook and the Instagram. You hit getting bombarded with a bunch right. of negative yeah. stuff. You know, pe- you know the people fighting, the um, the police pulling somebody over, mm-hmm. accosting another you know, another person. You seeing this and that's all that negativity coming back in you. And then you're right back at square one. Right. I'm saying all this to say there was a time a couple of months ago, and you told people if you ain't in this Monday through. Saturday, mm-hmm. you got some problems mm-hmm. because we we are now beyond the Sunday fill up. You almost have to get into it every day because right. of the amount of stuff that you getting hit with right. on a daily basis. Yeah, you, you, you're right. You're absolutely right. We live in a different time. You know, uh, I mean, people have always had problems. You know, but you're right. They definitely always have problems. But but these times, it just seems like that the way the information is disseminated, you get so many different variations so mm-hmm. fast. I right. mean, if you look at, for example, in during slavery time, right? No doubt, they had a hard life, mm-hmm. but they had that problem. You know, that was their problem. Right. 
you know, what you look at the civil rights era, you know, we knew what our primary problem was. You know, and as we're moving forward, we're getting more negative stuff. You know, so you write, you know, you're getting so much information, you know, so fast. You know, you're fighting so many devils on so many different fronts. Um, we definitely need, we need the church, no doubt. We need the church. But the, co the competing forces are different. Not only are we competing for the hearts and minds of people for, you know, with each other, okay? Because the bottom line is, too, churches are competing for members. That's just the fact. You know, right. If you're on television, you got to pay that bill. Right. So you're competing with other, you know, televangelists. You right. Know? But we're also competing with all the other stuff that we, we didn't used to compete with. Mm -hmm. Right? See, now, not only are you competing on Sunday with other churches, you're competing with sports. The biggest day for sports is Sunday. Yeah. yeah. It didn't used to be Sunday. Yeah. But it is now. So now I'm competing with football. The biggest basketball games are held on, on Sundays. Sundays. Yep. The biggest baseball games are on Sunday. Even though baseball is played all through the week. You, you're competing with all that stuff now. You didn't used to compete with all this stuff. We didn't have ESPN. Right. You know, you had ABC, NBC, and CBS. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was it. Yeah. You know, but see, now they're putting the games on. So, so now you're competing with that. You're competing with other, other entities that are promising the same thing the church is promising. Mm -hmm. You know, so you got that you're competing with. And people are gravitating toward all that kind of stuff, too. Because... Because of like you say the internet and 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 what we call those um, infomercials mm -hmm. that are promising all those uh, you know are promising all those solutions that normally you went to the church for, so you got all that competition going on, and the infomercial is right there in front of you. Yeah, you ain't, ain't got to go nowhere. It's right there. The game is right there in front of me. Right, you ain't got to go nowhere. It's right there. You know, so. All, like you say, it's all that stuff that's coming in is changing dynamic. And so um, pastors and, 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 um, and, and people who are savvy, who understand strategic planning, who understand those kind of things, they have developed their churches so that they can, can, can compete. And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to put the Holy Spirit out of the equation, understand me now. But I'm just saying the reality is Churches are strategizing. Churches do have strategic right. where they, you know, how are we going to grow? How are we going to handle our growth? Because if you don't handle your growth, you, you get the same problem. You yeah. know, you know, those economic majors know you get the law of diminishing returns. Right. Right. And so you got all that stuff, you, you know, you got to kind of kind of focus on. And so what we call the old time religion does not seem to have a place anymore. It, it, you know, those are the churches that only have 10, 15 people in it All right. that, 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 that are dying. The churches that are, that are taking off and growing are churches that have marketing strategies, are churches that have multimedia, um, you know, systems where they can, they have television, they have radio, you know, they have all those things going for them. Those are churches that are thriving. So we are adapting to the world in a, in a way that takes us away from, partially away, not because the word is still going forward, but it takes us partially away from that concept of pure worship.
mm-hmm. and puts us to the concept of entertainment. And, you know, um, as I mentioned Sunday, we are now in like a what have you done for me lately kind of religion. All right. All right. You know. you know, which brings me to this question is, is it better to have semi or halfway touched 10,000 members or completely change for the better mm-hmm. 1,000 members? Wow. That's a that's a that's a mouthful. Yeah. I'm of the firm belief that it's better to get the 1,000 than just to have the 10,000 in, in your church. You know, Jesus said it this way. He said that, that, that narrow is the road to heaven. Wide is the road to destruction. Right. So meaning that only a few are going to, you know, be where they need to be. And other folk, you know, they will end up not, not getting quite there. You know, Jesus said we are the salt of the earth. So from that standpoint, if I have a thousand that are really changed, then each one of them will have a great impact in the world, mm-hmm. greater than a 10,000 who are not totally changed. Right. And, and that's a part of our problem now, I really do believe, is that those who are partially um, changed tend to make our ability to spread the gospel much more difficult. You know, I heard a preacher Sunday say, we have Pentecostal pimps, Mm. (laughs) you know. (laughs) (laughs) When we get so commercial that, you know, we have, you know, television programs that show pastors in a light you know, I mean, granted, you know, we all are human beings, but when they showed them in the light of, you know, the, you know, the big diamond rings and, right. and the wives dressing all elaborately right. and driving the Rolls Royces and, you know, all these kind of things, it, it makes us look like that, that pastors are um, in it for the money, right? you know? And so, you know, I, the 1,000, so from that standpoint, I would say the 1,000 who are true it's better than the 10,000 who are just there because. Yeah, and I think the reason why I ask that question, because I think a lot of times if you've went to a mega church, you cannot tell me that you got the same connection at a mega church that you would at a, at a smaller church. Sure. Yeah. Now, granted, you're, in, you know, you're going to be more entertained, and it's really about where you're at. Now, if you're reading the Bible every day and you're kind of content on where you're at, mm-hmm. Make a church probably just fine for you. Go in there, get your stuff, and move on. Right. But if you need that, that, that connection, mm-hmm. you know, um, put it this way. I'd look at a mega church as plugging up to an extension cord. Okay, that's a great analogy. All right, versus plugging directly into the outlet. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to the extension cord, it's yeah, you're plugged in, but it, the, the plug's way across the room. Mm-hmm. I want to be right there. Right. You know, and how can I impact everybody else and impact the church and the community 
if I'm in a you know in a mega church, now I got to play politics. I got to work my way up. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's much harder to do versus having an impact in a, in a smaller church. Mm-hmm. That's just how I feel. That's what I knew. I already knew what Jansen was going to be. <laughs> but that's one of the questions that people I think in church need to really look at mm-hmm. is are we changing the lives of the people in the congregation? Right. Yeah. You know, and you can't put all that pressure. This is for the people at Enoch. You can't put all that pressure on Dr. Daniels. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. a the church is a community and everybody's got to step up mm-hmm. and do their part. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and you, you, you know, and you're right. You, I mean, I, I can't say anything, but you're right. Everyone, we are our own worst enemy, you know, I guess in my point, in that when, 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 you, when, you, when you're not positioned properly, it causes you to act on the inside like, or I'm saying this, no, cause you to act on the outside as if you've never been on the inside. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because people on the outside are judging Christians or judging church folk by their actions. Now, granted, we always say, well, we're not perfect. We're not, but that don't mean people aren't judging us as if we shouldn't be perfect, right? Right. So, you know, we become our worst enemy because people see us sometimes and they look at the church and say, well, why would I be there if they're acting like that? Mm-hmm. And people who are inside the church are saying, why would I stay if you're acting like that? Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is absolutely true, is that we, you know, every member, you know, has an obligation to change their life so they can have a positive influence in changing somebody else's life. Yeah. Which is the basic foundation. That, that's it. Yes. Well, is there anything else Dr. Daniels like to bring before we close out? I, I think we've said a mouthful. Yeah. I, and I, and I, I'm just hopeful that um, as we move forward, that uh, all of us can get to the point where we, we put things in a proper perspective, you know. And so that church is not just a place where we can come to uh, have a great time because of having a great time. We can come and have a great time because we serve a great God. Thank you all so much for listening and watching. This is your CB Baker. Till next time.